Well, welcome back. As we head into hour two, it is a delight to have Sam Stone in studio. It's a lot of alliteration. <laughs> Sam Stone in studio. He is running for city council here in District 6. Happy to take your phone calls on anything, really. He will talk about anything, 602-508-0960, and he'll talk about it smartly, which is why I like having him in. Sam, welcome back. His uh, website is samstone.vote. The election is coming up next month, just about a month from now. You probably got a sample or an instructional ballot piece of information in the mail this you, week. You got a card, uh, you, actually mostly a few weeks ago, that said, you know, a ballot's going to be coming. Yeah. And if you need to save the date. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then ballots will drop on the 15th, 17th, 18th. They should be arriving in everybody's mailbox. And look, my message, folks, is really, really simple. You turn them in, we win. Mm-hmm. Take that, put my name down, mark it out, put it back in the envelope, get it in the mail. Do not hesitate. And don't wait. Don't, don't wait. think you'll do it don't in a wait. couple of days. Just do it. Just Takes do it. A minute. Just, Just when it, it gets in, do it. Um, for one thing, look, if you want me to not bug you and call you and all that kind of thing, then turn it in. Because, look, I'm not giving – this is an all-mail election, okay? I, there's no telling people to wait for election day business. Every ballot comes in the mail. Every registered voter gets a ballot in the mail. Um, you're going to – I'm going to be bugging everybody in that district that I think is a vote for me until their ballots turned in. We're going to be making calls. You're going to be getting texts. It's all that kind of stuff. And I'm sorry, folks. I really hate this stuff, to be honest with you, too. But I have to do it. It's the only way to win. If you turn it in, A, I don't have to bother you. But B, for me, if you're you're, you're trying to help me win this thing, folks, I can take you off the list, which means I don't have to waste time and money and resources trying to contact you. I can go after someone who actually hasn't turned that ballot in. So um, do me a favor and get those in. And not just for you, but for all of us, because if you vote for Sam, he'll tell you what you'll get in just a moment. And if you don't vote for him, he'll also tell you what you get in just a moment. But I got to tell you a funny story, Sam. Uh, I was at a thing last night and one of my oldest friends in town, I hadn't seen it in a long time, texts me and says, oh, my gosh, I just heard this guy, Sam Stone, giving a speech. You've got to meet him. <laughs> he goes, you want me to connect you? <laughs> I think well, you call that market saturation. <laughs> uh, you know what, man? That, that made me feel really good. That's the best news of the Didn't day Didn't make today. me feel yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, if she's listening, she knows I love her, and she's out doing great work and has done great work for our community. What do people get if they vote for you? What do they get if they don't vote for you? Well, let's start with what they get if they don't vote for me. They get uh, the mayor's choice of candidate, and the mayor plans on turning Phoenix into California. You know, So look at San Francisco. You get it. That's That's your future. Homelessness everywhere, crime out of control. Uh, just you know, total degradation of the quality of living. That's what's coming. If if you vote for me, um, I'm going to keep Phoenix, Phoenix. I'm going to fight to continue to make this sure this is a livable, drivable uh, city where people can raise a family and feel comfortable walking the streets at night. And we're, that's slipping away from us, but it's not lost. And don't folks, don't let us lose it because I, I mean. Where's Man, the example? It's, it's Oh, it's right on the edge. It's right on the edge. And the it's only example you know. I can turn turn to is, is Rudy Giuliani when he came into New York. Um, that was after a lot of pain and suffering. And he, he rebuilt it. And now look where they're slipping back again. We, we can't let this happen to us here. 
the reason I'm running, I've never wanted elected office. I'm not using this as a springboard to any other, you know, I'm not looking to run for the legislature or Congress or the U.S. Senate or anything crazy. I'm certainly not running for president. I may be the only person in the country not running for president (laughs) by the end of this year. Um, But but at the end of the day, um, we have an opportunity to make sure Phoenix stays the Phoenix that many of us know and love. Um, or watch it slip away. And that's that's the stakes in this race, folks. The slippage is already taking place. Um, one has to uh, be reminded from time to time, as I was the other day, by uh, one of our congressional uh, – one of our, one of the members of our congressional delegation. And said, I know your neighborhood, he said. He said, uh, it's a pretty good one. And uh, you seen more homeless there? Yeah. Yes. Seen more people sleeping on the streets there? Yes. Yep. Have you seen on your morning run people you have to run around, not yep. because they're slow runners, but because they're late sleepers? Yep. Well, and unfortunately, actually, District 6 in Phoenix, which is Ahwatukee, Arcadia, Biltmore, and up, and up and a little bit in North Central, has largely been actually spared a lot of what's gone on in the rest of the city and the rest of the valley because Sal DeCicio, you know, who I, I was his chief of staff for about five years, but... We have a very good relationship, obviously, with the Phoenix police, and there is some latitude for how each district is handled based on the will of their council member. If you drive around District 6, you'll see signs that say, don't give to panhandlers, and we have a lot less panhandling going on there. Um, We also have very few homeless camps compared to the rest of the city, and the reason is that we have given the officers uh, in the Phoenix Police Department carte blanche to go in and 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 clean those camps up. Neighborhood services to go in and clean those camps up. Or other you districts, have their back. That's the yeah, thing. and they, they know, know you right. have. They their know back. they can come. They know council people who don't. Well, and there's a bunch of them. Yeah, and so those districts are being overrun now. It, look, if I lose this race, that's gone. I, I guarantee you, that's gone. It's the reason it, the mayor is campaigning against you. Oh, and and raising an enormous sum of money for the guy I'm running against. Right? I mean, it's absolutely insane what she's done to these races financially it's really she's trying to create a chicago style political machine that will never go away and that's why i say if we lose this one folks i'm going to tell you straight up i'm not running again i'm not doing this again i i'm i'm going all out i have no days off a week i've never seen you more tired yeah, no, I'm I'm sitting here. I got bags under my funny, eyes. I am. I am. Funny enough, it's a compliment. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, I, took, I, you took it the way I meant. And I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. But I, I mean, I'm sitting here like I get home at night, ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night. I fall straight into bed. I'm up at five a.m. Uh, and back on the campaign trail. I it's seven days a week. So I'm not doing this twice. You know, to if I lose, I'm not coming back. I need your help to get in this time. Obviously, if I win, I'll I'll run for reelection. But um, th- this is this is a very high stakes race that not enough people are paying attention to, and it is the last race that we can vote in. It's the only to make race sure that we have some kind of common sense elected official. I'm the only country. Republican still running right now in the entire country. That's There's right. nobody else out there. That's right. That's exactly right. And uh, again, that election is next month. And uh, I, I think that's good advice. When it's, you get it's the, really this month. I mean, the yes, the, the 18th right. when that ballot shows up. That's actually election day.
point yeah. because I think that's really good advice. Too many times someone puts it aside with all the best of intentions and says, I'll get to it later, and it just doesn't happen, or it accidentally gets tossed with something else, tossed out. Now, if it, if it goes down on your kitchen table, chances that it's going to get turned right. in are really nil. Right. I mean, Just do it. Take takes a minute. You know, when you're, when you're talking about the November big election with the governor, the Senate, all that kind of thing, there's constant news about it. There's constant yeah. reminders daily. You kind of can't avoid it. Um, right now, that thing's going to end up in the trash. And that's what normally happens. And that's one of the reasons, frankly, that we only have, you know, as I say, two and a half Republicans on the Phoenix City Council. Give the numbers, though, again, because if Republicans do what Republicans should be doing, yeah. this won't be close. No, uh, I mean, they well, have to do it. They give, have, give the numbers. Again. They have to do it. That's so number 40 we, we have 144,000 registered voters in the district, about 45,000 Republicans. Um, and there will be something like forty to 50,000 total votes cast in this race. If 30,000 Republicans turn in their ballots, I win in a landslide. And that's fewer than voted in November, but it's still way out of line for these elections. But do it. You know, but do it, folks. If, if half of them turn in, 20, 22,000, something like that, I'm, I'm probably going to win this thing. 50% should not be a, a barrier that's not possible. Um, but but all of you listening out there, if you have a friend who lives in Arotuki, Arcadia, Biltmore, obviously if you live there, but if you have a friend there, look, do, do, you don't have to come out and knock doors for hours or help me do letters. That's fantastic if you do, by the way. We're, we're doing letters again in my office tonight. Okay. You can find that at Sam LePaul on Twitter. I'll put that up right Sam after the, the show. Sam LePaul, P-O-L, yep. folks. Sam you come do that. That's great. But but if you do just one thing right now, call that friend you know that lives in Ahwatukee, Arcadia, Biltmore area. Um, just call them and say, hey, we got a guy and I need you to fill out your ballot for every one of us here. And if you don't want to leave your house, call Sam, reach out to Sam, have him come to your house and bring five or 10 or 20 people over and he'll speak to you in your living room. Absolutely. Anytime. Yep. All right. I want to talk about some other issues when we come back. And obviously, you can call us, too, if you want, at 602-508-0960. Sam Stone and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Sam Stone is my guest. Sam is running for city council in District 6 right here where we are. And uh, samstone.vote is his website. Help him out. Uh, we can do this, folks. And it's actually not just something we can do. It's important that we do. Sam likes my classic music bumper because he likes all things classic. He's even looking I at do. getting a classic car. Sort of. Sort of. Sort of. So, it depends. I mean, it, it, you know, it's kind of sad when you hear like uh, – a song from high school and now realize, oh, that's now considered classic rock or an oldie or something. <laughs> I can't tell you how painful that's become in the last, yeah. you know, five, yeah. six years yeah. for me. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, people are like, oh, I saw this old movie. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like right. Top right. Gun. Yeah. Right. Like, wait, wait. Oh, the new one? No, the original. Yeah. 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 It's like, wait, that came out like yesterday. Yeah. Oh, oh well. No, I was. I, we were talking before we got on Getting air. Corverados, Corverados. Yeah, yeah, no. Corvarados. Look, um, I love classic automobiles. That's I mean, it. I really do. 
Eldorado on a Corvette is what it is, right? Or a Corvette on an Eldorado? No, yeah, it's Eldorado a, body, no, no, on, Eldorado a, on, a Corvette, body Corvette, on a Corvette. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> platform. No, um, you know, look. One of the things I've actually been thinking of doing is buying you know, chassis body yeah. uh, for an older car and resto modding yeah. it, and and putting all new internals, engine, electronics, all that kind of stuff into it. I can do a lot of the work. I can't do it all. Yeah, but um, that's something actually. I, I've really been. Because I just love the idea of daily driving a yeah. classic car, yeah. but daily driving a classic car with the classic car engine and yeah. mechanics and everything, yeah, you're going to spend a lot of time keeping it on you gotta the road. Get, you got to do it in under 10 years because if you listen to the president, in 10 years we won't be using the kinds of fuels you will need to run that kind of the car. The president is um, – you heard the State of the Union. I did. And, and look, the, my takeaway from that is that this president is essentially incoherent at mm-hmm. this point. I'm sorry. Oil will be around and be being burned in automobiles for 50 years. 50, not 10. <laughs> and, and, and the transition will still have gasoline at that point. I mean, this is just silly. <laughs> the, um, it, was, it was a weird speech. Because it it was weird because in so many respects, I was saying to someone yesterday, it seemed like it was just so small. It was so damn small. I mean, when you're talking about non-compete agreements for cashiers and that gets elevated. If if you're ever the cut, the flubbing of jobs. What the heck? I mean, he had some times I I had no idea what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's look that we don't have a president right now, and that is the central problem. We have a presidential administration. That was really the issue with the balloons, too. I was talking to the Chinese balloon, too. They think that we're testable because we are. Yeah, they look, can test us. They can test um, us. They didn't need it for the surveillance that they got. They no, needed it to test how our reaction would be. No, you know, Hillary Clinton misfired badly when she ran um, the the three a.m. call <laughs> ad about Barack Obama. Right. Who's going to answer the three a.m. call? Because frankly, most people are like, "Well, I'd rather have him answering yeah, it than actually, you." Yeah, because um, he's not a hothead who likes to go to war all the time. So that sounds okay. So we'll start there. But right now, the question: Who's answering that phone? It's not Joe Biden. I'm not sure who not it is. Not at 3 p.m. either. No. That's the real problem, and and they know we're testable. So I thought I thought the speech, I mean, was small in a lot of those respects, and then I thought some of the stuff it left out. Well, some of it was just fabulous. The idea that we have better relations with China than in any other time in our period is just laughable, and I can't believe Democrats even think that. Or the ones. Oh gosh, no, no, none of them actually believe that. My favorite tweet in response to the. State of the Union was Keith Olbermann, who has lost all connection to reality. He was like, this is the greatest State of the Union of my lifetime. And I'm like, what on earth are you talking about? First off, even if you like them coming from the left, every State of the Union Barack Obama ever gave blows Joe Biden out of the water. So come on, dude. old Turkish expression, when a clown enters the palace... The clown does not become a prince. The palace becomes a circus. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's what's happened. Yeah, no, it is what's happened. And and the circus is extending into everything right now, and it's affecting our international relations in a really scary way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That was interestingly absent, by the way, the speech, too. Maybe I'm the only one who noticed it. Not a word for the women protesters in Iran? This this very feminist uh, presidency? Not a word for no, the they're, they're trying. They're trying to make Iranians a deal that, that were killed for— 
women's rights no. for standing up for women's no, rights. No, why would they why would they talk about that when they're trying to make a deal well, to give Iran exactly a nuclear right. bomb? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So it just seemed disconnected to the moment. It seemed uh, small. It seemed, I mean, my gosh. Besides that burger thing, that whole yeah. that that had been. He's been on this for three years, and it is a myth. Now it's it's garbage. It's an absolute myth. Yeah, and it's been fact checked time and again. He's not even teachable. Is the point? No. Well, I, I mean, he's he's very clearly not here most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. Uh, especially when you we're dealing with people, you can see it in the way he walks. You can see it in the way he talks. You can see it in how they control his day, where he's done by one o'clock every day. You know. talk to you about what he ate. Right. Sounds yeah. like we all know that phone call that we used to have with aging parents or grandparents. Yeah. Oh no, he ate his applesauce and he finished most of his food on his plate. And yeah, I mean that's it's it's that's, it's humiliating. It is, and um, I to me it's elder abuse. I, I think they're yeah I, don't, I yeah I agree the idea that they would run this man again for president I I think is a disservice to him yeah. and and to the country but but to him on a personal level I can't imagine doing this to my grandfather or my father or someone I care about I know I know uh, that does raise the interesting question of 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 who the Democrats will have run it, clearly there's a few thinking about it. Uh, and it raises another interesting question, which is, is Kamala Harris one of them? And I don't think so. She has had two highly negative pieces written about her in the last week, one in The Washington Post, one in The New York Times. I don't know if you saw them. I did. But it, 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 really incredible. I mean, it mu- I almost wished it, there aren't a lot of rooms I'd want to be on a fly on the wall of, especially around her. I would have loved to have been when she read those because all she cares about is her image. And it's gone. It's gone. And, um, you know, look, she was never – no, a good contender for the presidency. She, she they should have found somebody, anybody else. To and pick she had that no job. quality that he didn't no. purportedly have. No, I mean, she really, wasn't better at foreign policy. He was chairman of that committee. It, she wasn't better on judicial thinking. He was chairman of that committee. She wasn't better at being a vice president. He was a vice president. There was not one thing she did for him except the race thing. No, that's that's really it. And even in that, I I don't think was feminist. valuable in any way, shape, or form. I think it was just a total miscalculation. Um, you know, look, between you, me and the wall and, and all the listeners out there, I'm rooting for Mayor Pete uh, just because I think they would have a very good chance of taking our mayor, Kate Kayako, away for that job. <laughs> and like, you know, I'm sorry, folks, I really am on the national level because that's that wouldn't be great for everybody, but it would certainly be great for Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Let me take a quick commercial break and we'll come back. Let's talk about Phoenix Super Bowl coming up. Interesting story not a lot of people are aware of about uh, with regard to the politics and the law around uh, something that happened over the last uh, fortnight with regard to the Super Bowl. We'll pick up on that when we come back. And then I want to talk about these hearings that are exposing the uh, DOJ and FBI's uh, politicalization and pressure on uh, private industry and uh, also uh, co-opting a private industry and pressure on uh, political opponents, something that I thought was never going to happen again. Um, And uh, also maybe possibly a little bit on this interesting new angle and twist to the Russia-Ukraine contretemps. Sam Stone and I will be right back. 602-508-0960 if you have any questions.
Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, 602-508-0960. I want to get Sam Stone's thoughts on what's going on with these hearings, uh, what we're learning from these hearings and the import of them from House Oversight and also House Judiciary. But before we do, one more local story I wanted Sam to give a little light on uh, having to do with uh, an interesting legal victory on an interesting political issue uh, with regard to the Super Bowl, Sam. Yeah, so, so most people probably don't realize when the Super Bowl comes to your town, um, one of their conditions they've required is is what they call a, a clean zone for their, all their activities. So basically downtown Phoenix, um, you know, first undergoes a thorough cleaning, literal cleaning. But secondly, property owners aren't allowed to display any signs um, or anything on their own property that isn't approved by the NFL. Um, with the exception, you know, your business name, your permanent sign is allowed to go up, but uh, nothing else, right? So you couldn't even put a for sale sign on your building. Um, and a local landowner who has a piece of property downtown right in the middle of the clean zone in Bramley Poland, along with the Goldwater Institute, sued uh, the city over this, and they won. Um, the court said, no, you have a right to do to do this. Uh, and so he did, and he put up signs on his building downtown uh, over the last two days. Now, one of the interesting wrinkles is the, the Super Bowl title sponsor this year is Lowe's, mm-hmm. and he has a deal where he sells a product of his through Home Depot. Ah, so he put up signs advertising him his product available at Home Depot. Uh huh. And um, last night, after putting up these signs, um, someone actually came in and took the signs, trespassed on his property, um, committed multiple legal violations, and took the signs down. Now, those signs are a few hundred bucks a piece. Installation's not cheap. This was a felony that they committed. And somebody almost certainly, the signs they took down were specifically the ones that mentioned the, the Home Depot. Yeah. Um, so somebody attached almost certainly to the NFL or the city has committed um, – a, a pretty egregious act against the will of the courts and against the law in this case. And, you know, this is something, look, I love the Super Bowl. I'm glad to have them here, but I'm sorry, a corporation doesn't get to override the property rights of Americans or the free speech rights of Americans. That's not how this works. And I, I congratulate Bramley and the Goldwater Institute for fighting back. And, you know, Raz raspberries go into the NFL on this one. Um, get your head straight. If you're an American football league, you darn well better care about the Constitution here in America. Or I don't want you. I mean, then then we need to just be telling these the, the Super Bowl and these guys to, to go pound sand and go somewhere else. Yeah, there's 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 multiple violations going on here and it's actually kind of an interesting segue to the national story of the pressure that's being put on private companies uh, by the government. Right. Um, There's a landmark case, 1972 landmark case, unanimous decision by the Supreme Court, written by Chief Justice Warren Berger at the time, saying uh, it is axiomatic, that's his and the entire court's word, axiomatic, that the government cannot uh, compel a private actor to do what the government cannot do Constitu- cannot constitutionally do. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what was being, well, a lot of us knew it, but it was revealed in uh, full sight, uh, full sunlight, shall we say, to quote another Supreme Court Justice Louis Brandeis in uh, the full disinfectant of sunlight yesterday in the House Oversight Committee with what was being done to Twitter and the co-option the government took in impelling them to censor stories, A, about the Hunter Biden laptop and B, about COVID. It's egregious. It's, a, it's egregious. And frankly, I found some elements of 
that hearing pretty humorous. Yeah. You had uh, former Twitter executive Vijay Gadai. I'm Gadai. I'm mispronouncing her name, but you know she seemed to remember every detail of everything until it came to her, frankly, wrongdoing with the government. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she's Ollie North. Yeah. Um, I have no recollection of yeah. that, Mr. Speaker. Right. I mean, just ridiculous. The collusion between and Nancy Mace really hit she on this. You know, that they were censoring doctors. They were censoring doctors who had every bit as much right to say what they were saying as the CDC or other doctors did. You're talking about epidemiologists at Stanford, epidemiologists at Harvard. Mm -hmm. Um, You're talking about some of the best people in the world on these issues who had a different view. By the way, if that view weren't censored and taking at least taken at least a little bit seriously, we would not have the mental crisis and a lot of the other crises we are now going to be facing for a you long w- you time. You wouldn't have had the lockdowns right. in most of this country, and you wouldn't have had so many people who were being driven by fear, like the, right. the poor gentleman I saw driving alone in his car with a mask right. on today on my way here. Right. You know, I mean, it's like that, sitting at home on your couch with a seatbelt. Yeah, that that guy that guy has been. Come on, that was damaged. funny. Sitting at home on your couch alone with a seatbelt. Yeah, but I'm af- I'm afraid that's like not enough for modern Democrats. You got to be sitting at home <laughs> with a three point belt on your bubble. Speaking of Nancy Mace and COVID, there's kind of another tie into a story here in Phoenix, in Arizona. Let me let's do that one. Let me hit the quick break, and we'll do that yep. when we come back. Sam Stone is my guest. He's candidate for city council. Oh, I should mention, host of his own radio show, of course, heard here every Saturday afternoon with his partner. Breaking Battlegrounds, 3 p.m. on Saturdays. I'm Seth. I missed it. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Sam Stone is my guest. SamStone.vote is his website. He's a candidate for city council. He loves talking about all things city, but also all things uh, political. That's why his uh, Twitter account is at SamThePaul, P-O-L. Uh, and it's a very active one and worth following, very much worth following. Um, right before the break, we were talking about Nancy Mace making some headlines yesterday on COVID, on the censorship Twitter engaged in with regard to COVID mitigation. But today she was kind of making some interesting news, and she's not considered Freedom Caucus type Republican. Yeah, she, she's, she's, she's a, a moderate Republican, moderate leaning yeah. Republican. I mean, I, I'm not sure she would agree with that definition, but my definition would be she's. She's By the way, people define these things. Yeah. yeah. I think she may have voted for impeachment twice, if that gives you a sense. I, I don't remember, but yeah, I, it's I entirely think, possible. If that gives you a sense, I think yeah. so. In any event, um, she announced today that she now has is blaming her asthma on the vaccine. Asthma and, and a heart condition yeah. um, uh, as a result of the second dose of the vaccine. Yeah. And it's a, a very strong statement. But look, the the evidence now that these vaccines have exceptionally high rates of serious side effects um, is, is overwhelming. It's overwhelming, yeah. yeah. And there is. So I, I don't think a lot of people were paying attention this week when the Arizona House uh, held hearings on vaccine mandates and whether they would ban them statewide. Um, and, you know, look, I, I don't think Katie Hobbs will sign it. But... I think it's absolutely imperative they force her to veto that bill, pass it through the House, pass it through the Senate. I would encourage all of our members to do that. Make her veto it because, quite frankly, um, 
you know, I think the data, and I've looked at it really carefully, if you're elderly and you have pre-existing conditions and so forth and so on, the data suggests that the vaccines are still useful, yeah, that overall that they help, help you. you. Sure. Um, but for everyone else, the, the risk outweighs the benefit, uh, is at least from all the data I've seen. And so... It just shouldn't I, be mandated is my position because no, there, let people a, choose. there are enough questions people to be choose. asked at this point. And even if there weren't, it still shouldn't be yeah. mandated. Well, you, you had a nurse there who was fired, right. um, you know, who who's uh, now a legislator also, mm-hmm. um, you know, who was fired for not being willing to take the vaccine. And um, I think interesting Janae it, Champ. And, and, um, don't you find it so interesting, Sam, early on in the uh, in 2020? how heroic all the nurses were and you know they were doing videos and they were showing up at the white house doing dances and you yeah, couldn't except say that enough the hospitals about the were basically empty it was a facade i understand i'm just saying isn't it interesting how much of a hero we made the nurse in our in our country until until a lot of them didn't want to be mandated to take the vaccine yeah. when 2021 rolled around. Nurses, firefighters, all, cops. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, nurses weren't heroes anymore. Yeah. They no, were the unemployed. I, I have a very good friend who's a EMT. Um, his father is a doctor. He and his father sat down when the vaccine mandate came out. And he they, they said, you know, after very careful consideration, this is not something we're recommending for our family members, and he didn't do it. Uh, he had a very long fight to retain his job. Um, he did manage to do it in large part because Governor Ducey stepped up to protect the jobs of firefighters and first responders in that situation. But, um, you know, that, that's, that's a very personal decision. I am not that? anti-vaccine. Um the, the COVID vaccines are not vaccines, first of all. They they're, changed the definition yeah, of the CDC they're, website. They're sort they of changed tem- the definition of a vaccine. Yeah, they're temporary prophylactics mm-hmm. is, is really what they are. And, um, you know, they, they really have even a, a bit of a limited effect. Talk to me about the other part of these hearings today, which was the Judiciary Committee hearings. These are the ones uh, yesterday. Comer was the chairman. These were the ones uh, where uh, Jim Jordan was the, the chairman having to do with uh, the FBI and the Department of Justice oh. pressuring um, pressuring uh, local law enforcement when it came to school boards, uh, investigating groups that were conservative or Republican. This is something, you know, I'm on another context and feel free to bring it up. I was just thinking, you know, if someone had told you that 10 years ago, I just would have thought it impossible. I would have applied my normal rule of something is too bad to be true. It usually is. If it's too good to be true, it usually is. But, you know, these Democrats have, have, have made me have to question that general rule. They are doing this stuff that we thought was too bad to be true. They are doing this stuff that we thought was too bad to be true. And, and I got to tell you, I mean, what's coming out about our um, intelligence agencies nationally, about our law enforcement national agencies uh, and government agencies more broadly is terrifying. I mean, really, every American, and I don't care if you're on the left or the right, are you comfortable with the idea that the CIA gets to decide what is and isn't the truth in this world? Because the CIA is probably historically the single best, single greatest disseminator of falsehood in world history. I mean, that that is an organization with a, a, a horrendous history of lying about things and and man, they are being given almost unlimited control right now to do this stuff with these tech companies playing um, agent for them in a way that is incredibly nefarious.
Well, it's it's turned everything quite inside out and upside down. One of my favorite Supreme Court justices, he was actually the last Supreme Court justice to not go to law school. His name was Robert Jackson. He uh, also served as prosecutor at Nuremberg, and he had an interestingly named uh, law clerk named William Rehnquist. Mm. But he uh, really one of my favorite Supreme Court justices, a Democrat by FDR, uh, appointed by nominated by FDR. And in one of his famous cases, one of the famous cases that's just a wealth of treasure, a treasure trove and wealth of, of great quotes, he said, authority in America is to be, be controlled by public opinion, not public opinion by authority. This this also should have been axiomatic. That should be axiomatic, and <clears throat> it's clearly not. I mean, it's it, we have gotten to the point where I, I always sort of cringe in a certain sense, but I appreciate Donald Trump and, and some of his definitions. And the swamp in particular was one of those that I think makes it in a certain sense sound more nefarious than it is, but in a certain sense pegs it exactly. And now the more the more we dig in, the more exact it is. I mean – this is a dirty, mucky thing that has gone on, and there is a lot of rot underneath the surface that needs to be dug out of there. I, I would not object right now if you had a president come in and say, I'm going to fire everyone from the middle management level on up at, at all these agencies. In the introduction to the screw tape letters, C.S. Lewis wrote this one I do have to read. The greatest evil is not done now in those sordid dens of crime that Charles Dickens loved to paint. It's not even done in concentration camps and labor camps. In those, we see the final result. But it is conceived and ordered, moved, seconded, carried, and minuted in clear-carpeted, warmed, and well-lit offices by quiet men with white collars, trim fingernails, and smooth-shaven cha- cheeks who do not need to raise their voice and whose name nobody knows. That's the swamp. C.S. Lewis got it. Nailed yep, it. he nailed it. I'm Seth. He's Sam. We'll be right back. A lot of you have been hearing me talk about why refi for a while now, and if you have questions about what investing with them can do for you, they would love to put you in touch with any number of their tremendously satisfied uh, customers and clients in the Phoenix area who have happily invested with them and are seeing great returns. Give them a call at 888-YREFI-34, 888-YREFY-34. Think about your IRA. Would you like your IRA to be earning strong fixed interest rates and not be dependent on the stock market? Did you know you can invest with Y-Refi through an IRA or other qualified funds, and you can keep your investment, including the high fixed interest rates you earn, tax-deferred? That's right. Your money can stay in your IRA, and you don't have to pay the taxes on the income you earn. InvestYRefi.com. Sam knows that company. He loves them, too. Save save yourself some heartburn. You know, every morning you get up, you look at the stock market as, as it's taken off, up, down. I, I end up with heartburn before like seven oh five a.m. It's horrible. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. Skip it. Sam Stone has been our guest this hour. He's a candidate for city council. Uh, SamStone.vote is his website. Sam, take us out, brother. Look, folks, I, I think you heard at the open, we have a heck of a race going on right here. And the, the truth is very simple. If If I win, we maintain balance on the Phoenix City Council. We have a foothold. And you know I'm going to be working to bring even more balance to it in the future. Um, if we don't, we're we're let we're LA, we're San Francisco. We're going down that route. Our mayor is 100% bought into every one of the programs that have destroyed America's greatest cities. Um, I, it's insane to me, but that's the reality, and that's why I'm running. Come get behind this effort, um, and and you know what? Uh, at the end of the day, I have a lot of. I have a lot of things I've said out there that people think are a little bit crazy, right? 
Um, I will say I, I talk. I don't do talking points. How tired are you folks of hearing politicians who say the same bloody thing all the time, who never have a new thought that they're putting out there um, and who campaign with the worst sort of astroturfing um, messages for the public? I don't do any of that. And I guess the question I have to ask you, I, as I've been doing this campaign, and I'm going to ask all of you this, the guy I'm running against, he's not a bad guy, but his backers have a terrible agenda. And he's going to follow that agenda 100%. Um, he's not really qualified for this. He knows the police department from 10 years ago, but he doesn't know anything else about the city or even the last 10 years of the police department. I am deeply vested and versed in the city of Phoenix. Who do you really want representing you? I mean, do you want someone who's who's deeply interested and involved? Or do you want someone who's just using this as a personal pat on the back and political springboard? That's your choice, folks. You think about the campaign behind him, your opponent, and I just can't help think about uh, anything other than what uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders the other day. You have a choice between common sense and crazy, folks. That's it. Samstone.vote uh, uh, is his website. I'm Seth Leibson. A lot more coming right up. Don't go away.